0: With me, not against me. Yo,
1: head up, think fast, you about to feel the blast, it's the dopest podcast on the net, oh yeah, all us geeks, fresh your back, we round the world, we round the net, so get ready and get set, cause we make it look easy, no sweat, Jeff and Jordan, the host, yeah they be the best, from the north to the south, to the east, to the west, a couple movies, comics, TV shows, books, these guys gonna get you hooked. And don't forget to sign our Facebook Cause what they doing is board games Video games, yeah they on it They fly like a comet Interviews, is up This podcast is pure Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure Geek out any topic No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it So if you wanna go and get it on Then head to allusgeeks.com. Oh yeah
0: Welcome to episode (laughs) 46. I hate you. 36 of all us geeks. I'm Jeff King
2: and I am Jordan Steinhoff
0: for now because we will be taking requests and interviews for, uh, the second chair spot.
2: (laughs) You can't replace all this. You
0: can't. Hey, by the way, we're here to give voice to your inner geek. All right. I'm yeah, gonna s- I was hoping to just totally derail us into Thursday. No, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm going to start off, uh, like you, uh, put in geek news, your email. I have an email and a follow up email from somebody that was not able to get us some information for the end of year, but, uh, is a listener. So Anthony, thank you for the feedback. I've, uh, been emailing with him, but he wanted to answer some of our questions. So, uh, he wanted us to know he's still enjoying the podcast. And that we make his commute, which is two hours round drive, a lot better. So always happy to do that. Since a lot of podcasts help me in the same manner. (laughs) But he had to work. He wanted to actually call in, but he had to work during our our call in session. So sorry about that. So phones
2: where you work, dude. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You
0: could have used the phone. The phone number. (laughs) You would have still got us. (laughs) What one superpower would he have? He would want to control minds, but.
2: I I put that in there for him.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But like Dr. Xavier, because he'd want to be able to fix people's minds and calm people while they're fighting and all that good stuff, so he wanted to use it for good and to cure all mental conditions. So you're arch nemesis, sir. (laughs) We have your opposite. (laughs) Let's see. Because of all us geeks, I now know a lot more about board games, and when I finally get the money, I'll start my collection of games. He says he's also been checking out more TV shows because of all his geeks, like Arrow and Almost Human. Good yeah! choices. But on a side note, oh, it always it always comes down to this. <laughs> on a side
2: note, I do like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You're dead to me. <laughs> I've never met you, but you are dead. Get in the coffin.
0: Says, But that is because I have not read the comic. You don't need to read the you comic. Don't. You just need to know it's not a great show.
2: Which he goes on to say,
0: he says, so I have nothing to compare it to. Take note, I do agree it is not a good show, but it is not a bad show either. Again, my unflavored oatmeal comparison <laughs> doesn't necessarily make it worth watching. Oh, and his follow-up through our conversation, I will share, too. He also shared, because of all us geeks, he's going to get his first tattoo. Hmm. And it's going to be a geek-related tattoo. He's going for the triforce from Zelda. Would you like
2: a picture? Oh, he's gonna I was going to say, would you like a picture of us? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, we should do that. <laughs>
0: Somebody will get a picture of Jordan and I. I will get a. I will get a tat of our uh, logo or something. <laughs> be awesome. I, and I'm. Obviously, getting the
2: better deal. <laughs> I had to throw some cash or something on top of it. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? <laughs> that would make sense for you. Why
0: the hell am I having you two on my on my ass? <laughs> well, it would be oh, that, that would work. You know. <laughs> oh, Anthony goes on to say his favorite moment of uh, 2013 uh was he didn't start. Li- okay. Had, he didn't start living. He didn't start listening. Oh, listening. I called him. I, I'm still going to say that I believe this is our first Time Lord listener. Just saying. I called him on it. He readjusted his timeline, but I'm, I'm sticking with we have a Time Lord listener because, uh, he says he list, he started listening in October and then the pledge drive began. Oh, aha, busted Time Lord. <laughs> uh, cause that was in <laughs> September. He, he said he actually started listening in August and that he really liked the daily audios, and this, uh, I I feel bad for everybody. He said it was a fun listen, but that they also really learned a lot about me that month. I (laughs) apologize. Let's see. Oh, yes, and he also says it's too bad that he doesn't live closer because he's a video editor. Uh-huh. And he would love to help us on the video side of all us geeks. And uh anytime you want to move, Dropbox, dude. We'll That's what your, I'm saying. We'll hit you with the raw Dropbox. Anytime <laughs> you want to move, because he said he would also then get to play more games than he does now. So really, if you want to take the trip, if you want to move, we will give you game time for video time. No problem. We're there. We we could be accommodating in that manner. Uh so D- he's like, define far.
2: You know,
0: yeah. How long a drive would that be? <laughs> So keep doing a great job and he'll send more feedback in the future, which is awesome. Thank you very much for reaching out to us, especially since uh, you know, something like that, it'd be very easy to kinda go, eh well they've already done that. I'm done. Let's I'll just keep listening or something. So thanks a lot. That was really cool. All right, so more general stuff. Actually you guys are gonna need to hear uh Jordan and I potentially plan a couple things here on air. Oh Ooh. welcome to the back room of all us geeks. This meeting is now called to order.
2: Can I get out of the gimp suit? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's your turn. I did my month.
0: <laughs> Could have uh, at
2: least gotten the powder. <laughs> there's a,
0: a few things I wanted to kind of talk about. There's a podcast I was listening to, and it's I believe it's the School of Podcasts. I'll go ahead and give it some love. It's a, a podcast about podcasting. It's one of the ones I listen to on my commute. It's one of the, the few that isn't super infomercially, so I enjoy it for that aspect. But he recently had a conversation about, or uh, a podcast about his coming, co- coming into 2014 and some of the stuff he got out of New Media Expo here recently for the podcast awards and all that good stuff. And he used the phrase, and I think this describes, and I think you agree, uh, describes our philosophy pretty well. And, uh, it just hit home to me that chaos and anarchy. Well, that would be our sub category. <laughs> okay. That's our submission <laughs> statement. <laughs> That's that's a bullet item. <laughs> but you use the phrase names, not numbers, and I like that. Yes. And that's a big, I think uh, it, it's a, a really concise way to say what you and I have said for quite a long time. So I like that. And so in, in 2014, I think I want to kind of keep that in mind. So the names, not numbers things. Now, saying that, there's going to be a couple of things that, that I, I say here in the opening that kind of relate to numbers, but... Not because we're looking for massive numbers or anything.
1: I am not a number.
2: <laughs> I am <laughs> a man.
0: But I really do love that philosophy. I know Jordan does too. I mean, I know we talk about it every once in a while where we stat stock, but again, it's it's more just the interesting things be- about the numbers, like who's listening in Yemen and stuff like that. You know, that, those nobody kind of anymore. Things. That, uh, that hasn't ticked to yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, so we got one shot and we blew it. Yep. <laughs> But, things- but the list of ones
2: is getting longer and <laughs> that's awesome. far more interesting. That's awesome.
0: But you know, things like the email that Jordan got and the emails that I get and we've been doing uh, Twitter conversations and Facebook conversations and all that stuff. And we actually virtually at least, I mean, some people we haven't met face to face, but we know a lot of people that are listening now. And that's kind of a cool thing, I think, for both of us. So I like the, I like that names, not numbers thing. So keep it up. Guys, keep interacting with us. We love it. That said, what the hell people? No.
2: <laughs> There's now t- when you register on the site, you will be given a number. Yes. That you will have to use in all your posts. Yes. If you, yeah.
0: If you don't
2: if you don't use your 8-digit number,
0: we will not respond. <laughs> uh, you will
2: be assigned a barcode <laughs> that you can put in the tattoo form above our face. <laughs> no, there there I think from time to
0: time, you know, we generally talk about what we'd like our audience to do and yeah, we, do. <laughs> yeah, especially when we're alone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, why are you making <clears throat> such innocent conversation sound so pervy, Jeff?
0: <laughs> Cause it's my turn. Cause you've done
2: it all day. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but
0: sh- I thought I would maybe focus down and actually specifically ask our listeners to do a couple things from. Episode to episode, uh, that would, that would assist us. And one of those is. Have you been watching the following? Are you, are you trying to oh, I find- love that show, but I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Is oh, it- I don't know if it's back. I was just saying, well, are you trying to see soon. if we have
2: a following? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to start small. Oh, it's, it's going to get better as we go along, but I'm going to start small. Go to a
2: park bench and kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, just, just-, <laughs> just hit him
0: over the head. Just, you know what? You, know what don't you you know what? Let's not, let's back up. Everybody back up. I just want you to walk up and go to a bus stop somewhere and just smack somebody and walk away. Don't say a word. Just walk up to them, smack them across the face, and walk away. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do it. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, one of the first things, that we, we've we shared this on the social media stuff, but that uh, Board Game Links site. So it's boardgamelinks.com. And if you go to the all sites, a lot of people have given us a little love as it is for uh that site and what it is it's listing a lot of places that are involved in the board game space in one way or another and it's a huge list it's it's ridiculous i've talked to him a couple times supposedly he's working on like a tag and category thing because at this point it's become white noise it's like 150 160 something i mean it's growing every day it's just one big list
2: d6g went from like 125 to like in one day
0: (laughs) so uh we've been on this list for a while and we've gone as high as 14 which was cool and now we're down into 39 which is still cool i'm not going to complain because i mean people are giving us love i love uh, that's a nice thing so uh, as of today we're still at 39 and we had 68 hearts which is people that have clicked on it and said move us up the list Uh, and that is strictly for and it's not like we've been pimping that out at all. We haven't been pushing that out. We did it a couple times. The other day, I think I put it out one more time just to say, thank you. Actually, I didn't ask people to go do it again. I just said, thanks to the people that have. But if you're not following us on social media sites and Why not? Yeah, you're missing a lot, just
2: you think <laughs> the show is good. Just well. ask,
0: Just ask Brian about Twitter conversations. <laughs> you're missing a lot,
2: but you're probably better off for some of it. <laughs> and don't forget your daily entry, Brian. That's right.
0: Just remember, stay under a certain number. <laughs> so if you go out to boardgamelinks.com dot com, and again, check the show notes and you go to the, uh, the one that's all the sites. If you enjoy what we do, if you don't, that's fine. Don't go out there. Uh, if you don't, what the hell are you doing to yourself? <laughs> Why are you listening?
2: This is like a masochistic. <laughs> I know. It's like, <laughs> oh, I hate these people, but <laughs> like, it was either this or Three Stations of the Cross. I'm Logging just... them.
0: <laughs> oh, it's just not good. <laughs> and now I think we're probably being used that way quite a bit. <laughs> oh. Anyway, <laughs> number thirty-nine on the list. You right lost now. a bet.
2: You have to listen to.
0: Or just do, do a search for all us geeks if you if you can't find it because again it is kind of becoming a white noise thing to me if you're not in the top 20 it's hard to kind of see but if you enjoy what we do just go ahead and go out there and, and give it a click you don't have to sign up for anything uh, you just got to click the heart next to our name and uh, sometimes you got to double click it it doesn't take it away but you know when you see the big thanks show up and it's not something that we're, you know, you don't have to do it daily or anything like that. It only takes one vote. It, it won't count you multiple times. And while you're out there, there are a ton of good sites. If there are other sites out there that you enjoy in the, in the gaming side of things, give them some love while you're there, you know, cause you can, you can click as many sites as you want. You can only give each site one vote. So, you know, like Father Geek and the Game Crafter and a bunch of others are out there. Uh, so if you enjoy what we do, please head out to BoardGamelinks.com and, uh, just, Click the heart and let people know that you enjoy us. And then, of course, the other thing that I would say is if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, at least go check it out. And if you uh, enjoy the videos, subscribe. We've gotten a few new subscriptions here recently, up to 52 last I checked. And again, that's something that uh, Jordan and I have decided we're going to try to grow this year. We're not going to take away from the podcast by any means, Uh, but we've actually kind of got plans for several months out now for more videos and stuff. And I've had a couple people approach me on to, for us to do more Kickstarter videos. Jordan and I are talking about getting together this weekend for another gameplay video. And he's got a a mini schedule for gameplay videos for us to do. So we are going to be doing more activity out there. So that is youtube.com slash user slash all us geeks. And of course it can always be found on the website or in the show notes
2: for this episode.
0: So those are two things for this episode. Uh, if you could help us out, that would be awesome.
2: Well, let me, since you brought it up. Sure. Let me throw out a question there to our listeners. Is there anything you would like to see, uh, in terms of gameplay? Uh, like Jeff said, I've, I've mapped out four months. We're, we've got stuff through April. We're, we're trying to do one thing a month. Definitely, you know, in terms of gameplay on top of the previews or any of the other Kickstarter related stuff we do, but I'm not going to give it away here. I'm going to tell you what our four months says <laughs> because <is, laughs> I don't want to commit us to anything. <laughs> <laughs> it'll change tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I suddenly hate that game. I've lost too many times, damn it. <laughs> is there anything you'd like to see barring an RPG session? Because that's far too much. Uh it's, it's still niggling around in the back of my mind, but yeah. uh, is there anything you'd like to see us do in terms of a gameplay video?
0: Yeah, we I mean, we have a pretty decent collection between the two of us. We can hit just about anything. I mean, if it's brand new, brand new hotness, we may not. But uh if there's a game you want to see us uh, tackle, and again, that's we're talking like gameplay video. We're not talking about us doing like a mini review or anything. We might give some thoughts on it, but kind of just, you know, watching just us a through session. the play. Yeah. And then, of course, we'll still do the, you know, game preview videos. we got a few of those in the works as well. Wanted to talk about we have a contest going on right now. We have partnered with Fifth Street Games, and they're going to be kickstarting a game called Mob Town at the end of the month here. So they're looking to launch January 31st. So our contest goes through January 30th. We are giving away two preview copies of Mob Town. So these are the copies that are being sent out to reviewers to take a look at. Uh, They gave us two to give out to our uh, listeners. So if you go to the allusgeeks.com website or check out the uh, direct link here in the show notes, very top of the page, it's sticky to the top of the page. The contest is there. You can click there and show we're doing it through Rafflecopter, a site that most people are used to for these type of things. And I've got everything from uh, liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter, liking Fifth Street and following them on Twitter, tweeting about it daily and, uh, checking out their preview page for mob town and leaving a comment. And if those are things you're not interested in, or you're just not into the social media side of things, I know some people are kind of stay away from social media. That's fine. I mean, you can still do the comment over there if you want to, I I don't remember how you have to, if you have to sign up for something to leave that, but I do have a simple entry. Just you click it, you automatically get one entry into the contest. So definitely check that out. It's uh. Cool to have Fifth Street Games. They actually approached us and and kind of out of the blue asked us if we'd do this. And uh why not? I thought it'd be a fun thing for us to start the year off with working with Fifth Street Games in this Mob Town game, which Mob Town was a former contest winner over at the Game Crafter. Yeah, it got picked up uh, after it won the contest. I did not know. Yeah. So decision making time. You guys turn away for a minute. Feathers. I need, I need to talk. Oh, man. I was hoping you wouldn't pick the feathers all right give me a minute <laughs> all right so uh here's a couple things i was thinking let me know what you think crap i am fully aware but uh that doesn't mean i won't do it anyway <laughs> <laughs> the first thing i was kind of debating and not this not this year um so we kind of muddle along a little longer on the You pledge do drive. realize we're
2: in January. Right, right. With but, enough planning, we could do something this year. No, no, no.
0: Wait till you hear what I ha- what I'm what I'm asking about. I, I was thinking glass about half
2: full, dude. class half full. I,
0: I was thinking about moving the pledge drive to March, oh. which is our actual annaver- year anniversary. You, you know, so it's our annual anniversary. And some of my reasoning behind that was so we would just kind of go through until next March. We mm-hmm. wouldn't have one this September. Or we would do something else. A couple people have asked me if we would do some kind of Kickstarter and then the pledge drive could be the charity side of things or something like that. I, I don't know how I feel like that. I, I still like combining it all into one charity. Yeah, maybe we'd get more money. We don't really have, at least as far as I'm concerned, we don't have a lot of things that we could put up as levels unless we really start reaching out. But anyway, I was thinking about moving it to March. Part of that too would be we're not right on the tail of Gen Con a month later as well. You know, we just kind of picked September at random and went and it went well. I mean, it was awesome. Uh but I thought maybe we would do it in conjunction with our actual anniversary.
2: That actually makes good sense. Yeah.
0: So, we won't worry about it until next March. Uh and we'll we'll do that. <laughs> <Diddly-dly-dly-dly. Yeah>. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Speaking of the pledge drive, we will be doing the audio for those that uh pledged over what was it? 25 25. 25 bucks? We're actually uh looking at doing that this weekend. So uh we'll be working on that, you know, holidays and all that, because that's another thing. Or we won't, we won't be right on top holidays of holidays. Last weekend. Or last <laughs> weekend, yeah. We're looking at doing it. <laughs> uh, but we've had conversations. We've scheduled a date. So that will be on the way. So then the other thing I wanted to ask you about is, the other thing I was thinking about doing here real soon, is there's a lot of things that you and I talk about, and we make decisions. And like one of those, for instance, is you and I, well, yeah, let's leave the game of crowdfunding where it is. I was thinking about putting a survey on our site this month and leaving it up until March so we could talk about it in March, but asking things like that and things, you know, just between you and I come up with a set of questions that we can ask our listeners and have the survey out on the website. And then we'll take that information in March and share that on one of the episodes and decide if there's something we're going to do. Or you know any action items we might be able to take out of that? So what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I think I can work with that.
0: I mean, just because people tell us to do something doesn't mean we have to. But
2: wow, I don't like any of this crowdsourcing stuff. Screw you all.
0: But uh, I just thought you know because there's a lot of times, and I was thinking about it. It's like you and I always say, well, yeah. We love it right here. We just leave everything like, and, and that's one of many things, but there's a lot of things, but I think it's a, it's been a while since we've done any kind of official temperature from our listeners. So this is one way to do that. And, and if you're interested in giving us feedback, then we can get that survey out there. So hopefully by the next time we record, if you're on board with that, we can give out the, the survey link again and, mm-hmm. and say it's out there. And like I said, I'd like to leave it out there until the beginning of March. Uh, and we'll just, you know, look at it at that time. Yep. Cool. Alright. That was a lengthy, but (laughs) that's all my beginning.
3: It's time for the Brick Breakdown, where we're breaking down what's building up in the Lego universe. Hey, we're back with the Brick Breakdown. I'm Will with Sarah.
4: And I'm, yes, I'm Sarah.
3: That is who (laughs) you are. Yes. And uh, we're here, of course, to talk about Lego. Now, People coming into the hobby will automatically say... And look at the sets and think, man, those are expensive. Yes. Even being in the the hobby proper, we look at the sets and go, man, that's expensive.
4: Where can we get a deal?
3: Yeah. So we're constantly looking for deals. Well, the other thing that people have done to offset the cost is uh, using Lego as an investment vehicle. Sometimes it's just to pay for the hobby. Other times... That's all the people do. They actually make a living off of selling Lego. And it's because of uh, Legos, they print sets, and then they discontinue them, and they never Reprens reissue them. them. Right. Well, or they rarely reissue rarely them. Rarely
4: reissue. And so once a set goes out of price, or out of stock, out of production... They actually raise in price because the collectors have such a high demand and because there's always new people coming into the hobby who say, oh, I just missed that set, but I really want it. So they go on to secondary markets and they buy it and they'll buy it for pretty high prices.
3: Yes. Uh, Some going as much as uh, 10 10 times their original value Mm -hmm. and even more in certain circumstances. Uh, So – We're going to take this opportunity to talk about some of the things you need to look for and some of the tools that are out there to help people, uh, get into Lego as an investment. Now, one of the biggest resources out there is a site called the Brick Picker. Or is it Brick Picker or the Brick Picker?
4: It's BrickPicker.com.
3: Yeah. They have, um, they pull a lot of information from eBay as to what things are selling for, uh so they'll go from month to month whether the price of a set has gone up or down
4: and they have a lot of ho- historical information so even though the site's relatively new they can go back into eBay's archives and pull out a lot of uh historical information
3: uh they also uh do a blog mm-hmm. where um they talk about different investment things so uh, yeah. you know shipping um
4: yeah, the blog is called the Brick Vesting Blog and they cover all sorts of topics about how to collect and invest with Lego. Uh, they talk about shipping wars, um, how to uh, make sure that when you're shipping, the item comes across in good condition and doesn't get damaged in shipping. Cause you have to remember the collectors want things in pristine condition. And then they, you know, they have a lot of different articles that will cover different topics to help you get into it.
3: Yeah. So you don't actually have to be a huge Lego fan. You could, well, use this site as your source of information and kind of figure out what you want to do. Another possibility is going on to BrickLink. Mm-hmm. And this is more if you're ready to resell, especially if you want... You can sell uh, sets in their complete uh, packaging mm-hmm. or you can actually break down a set and sell it by the part. Yes. And there's a lot of tools on BrickLink uh, to tell you what you should ideally be pricing Mm -hmm. a particular part for in its particular color, how much it's sold for last, what's the average selling point, what's the average of most people on BrickLink who sell that part for, what they charge for it.
4: They also tell you the highs and lows. So if you've got a lot of a part and you really want to move them, you could also lowball everybody and make your... Uh, offering the most attractive to people.
3: Yeah, that comes really handy for those parts that they're just this ungodly color that nobody really wants, and it's a really odd shape that can only be used for a handful of things, and you just need to move all 500 units of them because, for whatever reason, this particular set that you are parting out had that many. Yeah. Um So that's a really good thing. If you are a fan, uh, some of the things you're going to want to look for are price. Mm -hmm. Price is a a big key factor. And it's not so much in the discounts that you get, which are important. I know LEGO, whenever they offer many of their discounts, it usually comes with a caveat of this is not for resale.
4: If you buy from LEGO directly.
3: Exactly. But the other part of price is... Uh, per piece mm-hmm. which is whatever the piece count is divided by how much it costs mm-hmm. uh, that gives you an average price so that's very important another uh key thing about price is the uh amount a set goes for because the higher an amount a set goes for the higher the profit margin potential is mm-hmm. so if you buy like a three or four dollar set and it gets a hundred percent increase in value that's still only three or four dollars yeah
4: it's not really going to get you the money you want or potentially want depending on your goals
3: yeah so for example there was a big exclusive star wars set called the millennium falcon and they did the ultimate collector series Uh, it retailed for about 400 Mm dollars. its current resale is around 2000
4: yeah 2000 it but the item is, the, the set is out of production. So you would have had to get that particular set when it was still being sold from Lego for its original price and then held on to it. So that's part of the other thing with Lego investing. Some of these you're going to have to invest not only money, but time and space and space because these sets are not small and at least not the ones that are going to really get you the money and you're going to have to store them in a way that the boxes won't get damaged. So, if uh, For some sets, you might only have to hold on to them for six months, but some of them, you may, especially some of the larger ones that Lego has actually sold for years now, you might actually have to hold on to them for two to three years before Lego actually finally stops making them uh, so that the uh, resale value will go up. Now, there are occasions where a set is so limited in production that while Lego is selling it, the secondary market price is already doubled or tripled.
3: Yes. That actually comes into factor when you have the limited edition runs mm-hmm. where there's so many thousands made for the entire world. Yes. Uh In my own selling experience, those are the type of sets that I look forward to because I can turn around and we don't have a lot of space. We don't have a lot of time to wait for these things to mature. So finding those limited edition sets really makes a nice profit quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh so some of the examples uh that I've done is the four by four crawler. It was a technic set. It retails for two hundred dollars and while it's still in print, it was selling for double that. Right. Which was enough to cover my shipping costs as well as any fees from PayPal and eBay and still have enough of a profit for it me- for it to be worth my while.
4: But for those who can hold on to it for longer, those kind of deals are even better because all you do is you wait until it's out of production and then it'll probably quadruple, if not more, in value.
3: Yes. Uh, another limited edition I did was a minifigure called Mr. Gold. Uh, they only made 5,000 for the world. Uh, each figure was numbered and they came in these random bags. I found one nearly like the week. They released the series.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I looked so many, so many stores. I finally found one. It cost me about $3 to buy mm-hmm. the figure. I ended up selling it for $725.
4: But that is actually a different case because that was a case of high demand when something first came out. Because as more Mr. Golds were found, because those were random, which is different than anything else that LEGO does, because they were random, there was a high demand right at the beginning when there was a low supply.
3: Yeah, I think the demand has dropped to about four or five hundred. So, that was an opportunity that i could take in because i'm a fan because i'm in i'm paying attention to what the fans want uh it's one way i could capitalize uh in an investment mm-hmm. way to um Capitalize it on it and and actually make a really nice profit, right? Because I then turned around and bought like a two hundred dollar set, right?
4: And but then again, we're not investing in uh, long term or as a, a job or anything. We're doing it to supplement our hobby, so it really will depend on what your goals are. Now, when it comes to actually picking which sets, that's really going to be hard if you're not a fan because you can't just pick up any Lego set, even the big ones, and just Uh, hope that it's going to, uh, increase in value. You will need to do some research, um, probably talk to a lot of fans, uh, about what is popular. One of the surefire things right now is the modular buildings. Those have always gone up in value once they've, um, been discontinued. And sometimes even like, even like I said before, during the run, you can sometimes sell them for more. Star Wars, it really depends. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. And oftentimes they will re-release certain ships and sets. But they'll, they'll
3: make them over and make the, right. make a modification here or there, add a new piece here, mm-hmm. uh, maybe give a new paint job to one of the minifigures. The problem with Star Wars, it, yes, it was a high demand uh, product, but because they've been doing this, you know, reissuing of mm-hmm. uh, certain sets, It's kind of oversaturated the market. So, I mean, there's still sets out there that go for a lot, but you have to work harder to find what those are Mm -hmm. to identify, yes, that's what people will want. Because sometimes people want uh, interesting colors. Uh, Like Sarah was saying, the modular series are notorious for coming up with these very vibrant dark blues, olive greens,
4: brand new colors or pieces that have been never made in certain colors. Right. So
3: it, it's a departure from that normal box of bricks that you can get off the store who just has all the primary colors. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other people are looking for complex builds, uh, which again is why the modulars fit such a a good category for investment is because they're an expert level building Mm -hmm. and, it just has tons of detail that Lego fans really gravitate towards.
4: Right. Now, some of the licenses have done well. Both runs of Harry Potter did exceedingly well for resale, but it, the first one did better because they did such a limited run of them. But other ones, such as Pirates of the Caribbean or The New Lone Ranger, have not done as well uh, for reselling. Um, popul- sometimes when it comes down to it, the popularity of the movie will impact the resale value of the set. And so Harry Potter was really popular. I mean, it had the, the base in the books and that type of fan base. But the Lone Ranger movie, for the most part, bombed. Now, that one's a little different because Lego fans have been waiting years, almost a decade or more, almost two decades, for Lego to do any type of Western series again. Uh, It was was like the mid-90s. Mid-90s, that they did a Western series, and they haven't done one yet. So among Lego fans, everybody loved the Lone Ranger sets because it finally redid those things that they wanted. But on the whole, the mass market, Lone Ranger did not do well because the movie didn't do well. So those ones are a bit more of a chance to take for resale value.
3: Yeah, and and it's possible to actually still make good money off of that because – the sets didn't do well because of the movie. Mm-hmm. It means they got discounted earlier. Right. And fairly deeply. Yeah. Therefore, when you take that and then hold on to it, a Lego fan probably a few years down the line will look back and like go, that's an interesting set mm-hmm. and want to pay the money to have it in their collection. Right. So it's not completely out of, out of the realm. It's just like Sarah said, because it has a slightly negative, uh, connection outside of the Lego universe, it becomes a chancier investment. And that's why you then go back to tools like the brick picker and, and see how, how they think it would perform.
4: Yeah, you're really just best off doing your research and don't buy blindly. Even if something is really, really discounted, I mean, if it's really discounted and the set is not very popular, you could break it down for parts, but you have to be ready and willing to do part orders, which takes a lot of time and even more room to separate all those things.
3: Yeah. It's ten times more tedious than just
4: reselling. Uh, yeah. Here's
3: a, here's a box. Uh, the set. It's complete. I'll just make sure it's mint, uh, versus, okay, now I have someone ordering Three pieces of this type in this color. Right. And maybe a handful of this one, handful of that one. And then it's, you're spending all day picking those out. So you're going to need a really nice setup to organize yourself if you plan to go that much further. I mean, there is good profit in it because like Sarah said, when it comes down to it, if you find a set that just doesn't perform the way you want, you always have that option.
4: Yeah. You always have the chance option to break it down. For parts.
3: Yeah, a lot of times uh, some uh, builders buy these sets and they don't need all the minifigures, so they resell the minifigures, which almost goes for like half the price of the set.
4: Yeah, if you've got really popular minifigures, because um, there are a lot of people that just collect minifigures, so any popular minifigures you can resell. Like uh, right now, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sets, the sets themselves are not that great because they're based on the newer TV show and all the adults really want the older tv show represented but the minifigures themselves are still really iconic and connect to both the old and the new tv show so there are adults just want a set of the turtles they don't want the sets or anything like that so those figures like will said are going for almost half the value if not more of the set itself
3: yeah and so a builder will eh, they'll not be too impressed with the set they'll take the figures sell them keep the parts for themselves and mm-hmm. then they got an influx of building material So if you want to know more, uh, we will put a link in the show notes to the Brick Blogger where there's an article about the Brick Picker uh, specifically. Uh, We'll also put in a link for the Brick Picker so you can go there, check it out yourself.
4: And, of course, you can always leave comments in the show notes asking us any questions or any advice you, you, you might want on investing with Lego or just Lego in general.
3: So that's it for us here. I'm Will. I'm Sarah. Uh and if you want to find us, uh Sarah's at
4: uh on Twitter at Eurogamer girl.
3: And I'm constantly an uh, article contributor at the Brick Blogger, so you can find me there mostly under the brick uh breakdowns, uh where I do reviews. And um yeah.
4: That's everything.
3: So uh see you later and happy. hit the bricks. Owen, happy new year.
4: Happy new year. <laughs>
0: game review we are going to be looking at eternal dynasty from zucchini people games the eternal dynasty is a three to five player game and in eternal dynasty players will take on the role of different rulers of competing families in ancient china they will compete for the highest score by spreading their military and political influence and controlling different provinces. So this is a Kickstarter preview copy. So it is not the final version. So, uh, certain things like components and whatnot, we're not going to talk as much about. Or
2: the big ass game board. Or the big <laughs> ass game
0: board that came that made my uh, fiance think I ordered a big screen TV. To sit in front of our big screen TV? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he, uh, he, he went all out on the prototype, which does look great. I think he did a great job with that. You can tell that this is something that Nick was really, uh, passionate about doing. This is, uh, basically, I mean, it's kind of, a, it's area control for sure. There's some, uh, a little bit of. I think too, it's straight up area, control. Straight up area I, control. I wouldn't call this
2: anything else.
0: So area control, uh, and, it's kind of cool in the aspect that you're playing through different generations. So for each generation that you play, you get a different leader, so uh, a a different person leading your your uh, troops or whatever and a different starting province. So it's it's kind of like as the generations go on where you end up on the board as you're starting and trying to spread out, but where you still have those old influences, because it's not like you're taking you're not scrapping it every generation. You're still leaving a lot of your stuff on the board.
2: Well, what we received was a very nicely done board. The board does have the map of China with all the associated provinces. It does have your turn tracking for each generation it has a province listing numbered province listing, so that you can see everything on the board even as your influence is taking over each individual province and then it has a very concise scoring instructions in one of the dead areas of the board and it has the scoring track around the board zero to ninety nine i think it goes Yes. On top of that, the rest of the components are, uh, your leader cards. These are all the various people that are going to grant you sometimes a one shot, sometimes, uh, an ongoing effect and ruler cards. Cause leaders were those,
0: the general and the magistrate. No,
2: yes, true. Yeah. Yes. I,
0: I said, I was saying that wrong as well.
2: Well, yeah. I, yes. <laughs> your ruler. And then we've got the, uh, vote cards, or I should say your action within the vote, either a yay or nay, yeah. or an I or a nay. And then the actual, the other vote cards that will be things that you can call a vote on. These are in-game effects that, mm-hmm. uh, might remove things, might add things, might, uh, screw one neighbor, screw all your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Then there are action cards, which are, uh, things like, uh, allowing you to build a fortress, or, you know, taking extra, granting extra effects for, for that term, stuff like that. Placing, uh, normally you can either place one influence, uh, or one, one political or one military influence. This allows you to, you know, they might allow you to place multiple or place across multiple provinces, stuff like that. And, uh, then there's the various little, uh, pogs for, you know, denominations of one, three and five to, to grow your influence in, in a province. And then there are event cards. That, uh, again, our uh, one round, uh, impacts. Roll a die in that die, lo- uh, and that province loses all its, uh, political power. Or one player in that province might lose something, right? That kind of random impact for each turn. Generation. Each generation. Yes. yes. At, at the start of a generation. I think that's it. Oh, and there was a D20. There's
0: a D20. And then there were the, um, coins. The coins? Yeah. The, remember the upside down coins that were worth zero to two points? Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, so it's, and you don't get to look at those until the end of the game. But you, uh, if you've done really well on taking over certain areas, if you control it in both military and political, uh, you also get not only do you score the points as instructed on the board, but you also get a coin that you don't get to see until the end of the game, and it and it's anywhere from another zero to two points. I think two was the highest one we yep. saw.
2: If I remember zero, one, and two.
0: Yep. and then there's some various tokens too, like the structures and the ones that tell you whether or not you have the general or the magistrate, mm-hmm. the ones that tell you if you have a fortress or is a palace and and stuff like that out out as well so yeah' it was, uh it comes with a lot of bits. you'd expect that i guess, kind of for what what this is the area control stuff, and uh you don't have political influence and military influence tokens, you have influence tokens. And the map is actually divided up on depending on where you put your token in the province is where you're putting it down for military or putting it down for influence.
2: each province is divided into two sections. top half of the province is always military, and the bottom half is always political there it's not uh it's not outright control multiple players can have you know influence in a province, but scoring is broken down by who has the most and second most
0: all right so by the base rules of the game. You start off with an event phase, except for the first generation. First generation, you don't do an event. And then every player gets three ruler cards. And from those three ruler cards, everybody picks which one they're keeping for that round. And then the rest go into the discard pile. So uh, you basically have a choice between three rulers, which ones you're going to start with for that generation. And on that ruler, it's going to tell you things like, uh, do you get any bonus military influence. Do you get any bonus political influence? Uh what's your hand size and usually uh, and also where your starting province is and they'll all have some kind of special ability that you can use throughout sometime in the generation or throughout the generation depending on how powerful the ability is. And so you'll you'll pick that. Everybody'll also have is it six six dynasty cards? Yes. Uh so everybody'll get six dynasty cards, which are the action cards that Jordan was talking about. So from those, and I think you can do all this at once. So, I mean, from the cards you have and the rulers you have, you can kind of decide, okay, I'm going with this ruler and keeping these cards or because, you know, once you've picked your ruler, uh, it might say, I'm only allowed to keep four cards. So you're going to have to get rid of two cards. So once you have your ruler, you scale down the dynasty cards to whatever your hand size is. Once everybody's shown the ruler and got their hand size, you automatically get, is it two? Two military and two political influence in your, in home, your province. home province. Yep. Uh, and then you put any bonus military or political influence you have on your ruler card because you'll be able to use that throughout the generation if you want. And then you basically play through the round uh, and or the generation. And the generation is made up of a number of rounds based on the number of players. Uh, so you play through those rounds and every one of those rounds is like an action you can take. So on, on your turn in that round and in the generation, you can basically throw out influence or you can play one of your cards. And before you do that, you can put, oh, you also get vote cards. That's the one thing for when you start. You get vote cards equal to the number of generations you're going to be playing in. So on your turn in the round, you can play one influence and or some of your bonus influence if you have it. Because anytime you gain influence from something, if you have bonus, that same type of bonus influence. So let's say I had two political influence on my ruler, and suddenly I play something that allows me, or I just decide I'm going to put one political influence on this province. I can go, well, I'm also taking one or both. You can take all of it if you want and, and do it at one time, or you can spread it out. But you can say, I'm also using my bonus influence and you, that doesn't carry over generation to generation so by the end of the generation if you haven't used your bonus influence it's all going away and how you decide if you're putting out influence uh is either in a province you're already in or adjacent to a province you're already in otherwise uh you can play a card and a card can allow you to do influence or more influence or maybe jump across the the map and put influence somewhere else uh so there's a lot of different things that the cards can do so you either just straight up play one influence, political or military, your decision, in something you already control or an adjacent province, or you play a card. Uh, but before you do either of those, you can also call a vote. And you can do one vote per generation, and you've only got... Each player can do each, one vote. E- right. Each player can do one vote per generation. And again, you've only got cards equal to the number of generations. Where that kind of comes into play is if you call the vote, you basically read off what you're trying to vote on. So it could be, uh, like Jordan said, it it might start off with, if you call a vote, you automatically get one influence. So you just do that because you've called the vote. But then the rest of it might say, everybody takes out all the other military influence in their home province. And so you put that up for vote, and uh, you have either the A or nay cards, and everybody selects those at the same time flips them over, and then each player has the ability to kind of pump up their vote. but in doing so, they have to spend unused vote cards. So basically you have to decide, do I really want this? And if I do, I'm giving up my ability to call votes later in the game. So uh, and every t- every vote and you can spend them all. So let's say we're playing a four player game, we're going four generations, I call a vote. I've got three cards left in my hand. I really wanted to go. I've put down A. Uh, the other two players have played nay. I can, if I want to, throw all three of my vote cards back out. Now I'm at four and between the two of them, they've got to bring it back up to four because it, they have, it has to be better, right? Yes. Yeah. Or is it, or does the, I can't remember. Is the tie? No, I think it had to beat. Had to be. Okay. So. So, yeah, it's it's just one of the, again, it's one of those things where you got to kind of have to keep that in mind. Do I really want this to pass? Or a lot of times, especially that kind of one, you you were kind of just playing for the extra influence and Mm -hmm. could care less if the rest of it passes or not. You got your influence no matter what. But when you play a vote, you're just kind of like, how badly do I want this vote? Or how badly do I think other people playing will help me with this vote? You know, so the little things like that you got to kind of watch for. And so, you know, you you play through all of the turns or rounds in a generation. And then at the end of a generation,
2: you start scoring and you score two points for the most political, two points for the most military and one point for the second most. And then three points if you have a fortress or a palace. I believe that is the basic learning.
0: Yeah, Each. Pro- so you go to each province uh, at the end of a generation. And you get, uh, two points for the player that has the most military and then one point for the second. Two points for whoever has the most political, one point for second. If there's ties, you split it and nobody will, like, nobody will get the second place. I think. Yes. Yeah.
2: Or at least that's how we
0: play it. (laughs) If you control the military and the political in a province. That's when you'll get the coin. You'll get the coin. And then if you've played structures that can add bonus points and all that stuff so you can kind of rack up the points and again you do that at the end of the generation and then you basically reset uh you you don't everything stays on the board uh you basically just remove where your home province is and just the cube that represents this is my home home province all your influence and everything stays out and you just kind of rinse and repeat from the beginning you got the rulers and you pick a new ruler and you're going to have a new home province and all that good stuff so that is what you do for however many generations you're playing. And then whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. We got smoked. <laughs> Megan played with us and we got smoked. So we hate this game. No. <laughs> that was just
2: a, a perfect storm of her getting cards that let her do things and us not getting the answers. Who well, she got the cards that let her do things. And she got the answers because she deprived <laughs> me of what I was trying to do. And if I'd had those cards, I could have done the same to her. It was like. Oh, and I
0: got hosed in the in last that,
2: generation. Well, she had something like 40 points over two rounds just yeah. on her castles.
0: Yeah, yeah. she smoked us
2: so uh
0: components again this is a uh preview so we're not going to talk a a ton about the components what we got was nice i know like the shards we got for influence points and stuff that is not going to be part of the actual game uh which would be like the you know the one complaint is one they're kind of huge and they were you know the flat stuff so but that's that was for a prototype it comes with a lot of bits I mean, it's, it's a nice looking game. The art is beautiful, I think, which we can talk about a bit because some of the art we had is, is the art that's going to be used in the game. Uh, the map is pretty much the map that's going to be used in the game. So art wise, as far as components, I mean, Nick's done a fabulous job of gathering the art for this game.
2: Yeah. The ruler cards are, are spectacular. All the artwork is very much. Period correct, I guess you'd say. It looks very much like the style of the ancient art. You know, it's, uh, very distinct lines, very, a lot of flowing motion in a still image. Good use of color. There's a lot of purple. So I'll always give you points for purple. Yeah. It's very much the, the ruler cards. Very nice.
0: Mechanics. What do you think of the
2: mechanics? I'll just
0: say, I, I told Nick, I was like, I, I... I didn't get a good read off of Jordan, so I have no idea what he's going to say when we actually record this.
2: Well, you know, it's, I'm just, you know, this is not the first time I've said it. I'm just generally not keen on area control games, but mechanically, I don't think there's anything that, you know, going through the rule book, you weren't able to answer everything is very straightforward. There's no. There's a limited amount of options of things to do each of your act, action, each of your turns, a limited number of actions. So there's no, um, AP on what you're going to do, but there's a little bit of analysis needed for how you're going to do it. It's, uh, mechanically, I think it, it's fairly sound. It is, uh, simple, but not, not in a bad way.
0: Right. Yeah. It, actually, you kind of just hit on something that I've been thinking about with this game, but first I'll go through mechanically. I do like this game. I don't play a ton of area controls either, but I did like playing through this game. I liked, and I think it has something to do with that simple factor that you're talking about. It's not like, you know, there's, you, you here's your 50 options. Which one are you going to try to, you know, maximize this round or whatever? It's, you know, it's, you play the card, you play the power, you use your bonus power. So I liked that. And what I've been kind of thinking about this game is like this, this isn't a gateway game but it is a gateway game for those ready to go on maybe from the gateway games and get into a little bit you know it's you know what i'm saying it's not quite a gateway game but it's it it is like one step up from a gateway game i think
2: no i'll disagree with you on that i i would say for area control games this would be a gateway game for this specific type but yes. i mean
0: in general what you would consider a gateway game uh, like your ticket to rides and stuff like that, uh, yeah. to get people into this style of game. But people that have gone through, say, like ticket to ride and all that stuff, and they're ready for maybe that next step, I think this is a beautiful
2: next step. Okay. When you phrase it like that, then I guess I will, I will retract <laughs> my disagreement.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, walking away from this, I mean, even Megan, I think, had a really good time with it, obviously, because she smoked. Well, less. when you <laughs> win, yeah, it's the best but... game ever. <laughs> But, you know, this is not typically the type of game that she wants to sit down and play. And I think she had a good time with it, and I think she played it just right because the the one thing about games like this that tend to bother her isn't the game itself. It's everybody else around the table taking too long because she's already started. She is a planner. Mm -hmm. so And that's her big thing is like, oh, my God, will you guys just go so I can hurry up and do the 10 things I've already thought of? And with this... I think there's that nice balance, right? Cause there's only a couple things that you can do. So it does move fairly quickly. You know, you might be thinking a little bit about, all right, uh, we're getting know, down towards the end of the generation. Mm-hmm. What are my options? The,
2: for- it is. There's, there's just enough, just enough going on each, each play, each player's turn to not make it a total robot game. Right. Um, you know, you got to pay attention to what your ruler does. If he does something special. You know, some rulers say you can only vote no. So, but if somebody calls a vote that would benefit you, you still have to vote no because that's what your ruler says. Some rulers say you can't be attacked militarily for this entire generation. I hate that ruler. <laughs> especially if for the last generation. <laughs> you know, you got to pay attention to what your ruler is doing and what vote you might want to be calling, or uh, and then you know, even at uh, you know, a three-player game, uh, definitely at a, at a four or five. You know, it, there's, there's only a number, of, a limited number of things you can do, but in a round, the board can change just enough that you still will need, even, even though you've got it planned out, you still will need to take just a second or two to just make sure you've got your numbers straight in your head. Right. And there's just enough going on that it is engaging without being risk.
0: And you get those crazy generations where two people start in the same province. <laughs> Ugh, that sucks. uh yeah so for that aspect i will say and i told nick this we play and this is an official variant it is official in the rules that you don't have to play with the events because i do know for jordan and i i think that would have spoiled a little bit of this game having that random element in it but megan after the game Kind of was like, oh, I would really like to try that with the with those elements. So you know, if if this it's is your not thing, the type
2: of game where I like that kind of randomness, right. Me
0: either. But if you don't mind it, or like what we said before, I think with Byzantio, if it affects, if it's something that either affects everybody or can be planned for, we're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's just this, whoa, what the hell? One person just got wiped out because of a flip of a card mm-hmm. or a roll of a die. We don't care for it that
2: as, as much. That's where it starts to border on punishment yeah. more than event.
0: But again, it's, I mean, you can look, just, yeah, check out the game, look through the events. If it's something you want to play with, great. If it's something like I don't us, think
2: they're all negative. No. Though. So it's not like it's always going to be a kick in the balls here. Uh, right. good things could happen. But again, it's, it's not, to, it's not to prepare for. It's, and it's not always a good thing for everybody.
0: One nice thing though, I will say is it happens only at the beginning of each generation. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of recover through however many rounds in that generation. Uh, but we just kind of decided not to do it. It was, it was an official part of, of the rules. And I just knew going into that it's one of those things that I know Jordan and I don't care for that kind of randomness when we're trying to plot, <laughs> you know. Every turn, what we do, but it's there if you do enjoy that thing. So mechanics, solid. I definitely enjoy the mechanics of this game. Uh, I don't play a ton of area controls. I do like this. I do like the simplicity of it, and like I said, it's just kind of that next step in a gateway to me. So rules, I'll start. I, you know, I read through the rules initially. I had no issues with it. I reprinted the rules. Uh, I think after Nick had made a few changes, still looks solid to me overall. And uh like you said, I mean, while we were playing any questions, we were able to find answers in pretty quickly, actually. So, so yeah, I mean, rules wise, that's another thing to me that brings us to that next step in a gateway game, because it's easy to learn to teach. Right? I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like you go, eh, what I I'll say, I mean, the only thing I couldn't picture until we started was how the vote thing was going to go on, go down. Uh but once we got it on the table, got the cards out, looked at the vote cards, it's like, okay, now I get why I'm doing the vote, you know, because just saying, hey, you do a vote and say a or nay or, it was like, all right, well, okay. <laughs> uh but seeing it on the table is like, okay, that that makes sense now. Cake or death. Yeah. <laughs> so rules, solid rules so far. And 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 the rules I'm working with was plain text. So no examples, no images yet, just the plain text rules, and got it right away. I mean, we got it. We played. We were good. And Nick even is like, Oh, what, qu- what kind of questions you got? I'm like, we're good. And we, we got through it. We're good. No, no questions
2: until you hear this, Nick, and discover that <laughs> we not yeah. only didn't get the rules right. We <laughs> like, blew everything what and game? we've just totally reviewed the wrong game. <laughs> yeah. 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 So when the Ninja Turtles you came can't in, vote and do actions. <laughs> what do you mean sheep?
0: <laughs> so when we were trading the wall. <laughs> So in new America, teachability, I think we've pretty much covered that one. I mean, we none of us had problems with it. None of us kind of went, uh, wait a minute, what are we doing? Which, again, certainly that, Megan didn't. No. <laughs> Obviously. No, no, Jordan and I did. Uh, what did we do?
2: <laughs> Nothing? Why did we just get smoked by 30 points?
0: <laughs> like I said earlier, this is one step up from a gateway for me. Uh, this is the next level of of gateway so i teachability is not an issue i don't think for anybody theme what did you think of the theme sir
2: i liked it but i will generally give uh better than average marks for anything to do with asia
0: yeah I, I really liked it too and like like we said earlier i mean the the artwork and everything lends itself really nicely into the theme the idea of the generations is kind of cool and and getting a new ruler every generation and all that kind of stuff and and, and playing all that out, uh, I, I dig it. And the fact that, you know, your rulers are randomized, but it's, it's, you still got a choice. You know, you get three every generation and pick one. Uh, so it, it was kind of cool. And, you know, obviously that can lead to some things too. Like our last generation, Megan had the, you can't touch me militarily. Jordan had the, I do all things military. <laughs> I got screwed. <laughs> That was a bad last generation for me. (laughs) So, yeah, those things are kind of cool. I really did like the theme. So, fun factor overall. Your overall impression after it's all said and done.
2: After it's all said and done, you know, I enjoyed it. But it's not something that I want to add to my collection. You know, if you buy it, awesome. You know, I will play it. Somebody buys it, I will play it. But didn't blow me out of my socks or anything like that. I enjoyed it. Solid seven here. You know, there's nothing here that makes me go... You know, I, I'm i going to grade this down even more. Just uh, in the end, it's an area control, and that's eh for me. So it comes down to
0: basically your gameplay style. Yes. I mean, you, you're you not a big fan of area controls. There's so, nothing
2: technically wrong with this game that makes me go, wow, this should be a five.
0: So, I mean, in general, then, I mean, to give it a seven for somebody that doesn't like area control, that's pretty good. Uh I will say that, yeah, we'll be playing this more because I have already thrown my, uh, thrown my money down for a copy, not the uber fancy copy, but you know, I, I did enjoy it. I do, you know, like I said, uh, Megan seemed to enjoy it. So I thought that was kind of cool too. My only slight put off on it is cause we scrambled because it was a three to five player game. And sometimes it's, you know, it, it can be hard, especially for Kickstarter previews and stuff like that for you and I to get extra players around. So that part mm, that might bring it a little bit down, if but I did see that he's testing a two-player variant on the Kickstarter page. But still, that's yeah. See, that
2: was that was a plus for me. Yeah. You know, area control where you get into two players, it doesn't matter how good the variant is; <laughs> it's still just two players,
0: right? I think he's trying to putz around with a a dummy AI or something like that. So okay. it's going to be eh. eh. But no, for you're right though. For an area control, having it three to five makes sense. It was just hard for us to, because he he even came back and said, "Well, make sure you play with four plus." I'm like, "That's not happening." There. I mean, <laughs> we scrambled to do the three three player.
2: Not not right around this holiday season. Yeah, right around wasn't. the
0: holiday season. It just wasn't going to happen. But like I said, at the end of the day, I I, I threw my money down. This is something because it is that nice gateway ish game. So it is something that I can I think I we can easily bring to a game day. I can easily take it to a convention. When we do the open game areas and you know, you mentioned Byzantio.
2: So I will make the comparison in terms of non traditional area control games. There's no, there's no dice being rolled. There's no, as with Byzantio, you're putting stuff down, but there's no dice being rolled. There's no masses plastic being moved around province to province. There's nothing like that. It's not risk or hegemonic or, you know, TI where the military aspect of it is very, controlled by a random factor of dice and just moving hordes of plastic. It's very, it's somewhat abstract in that sense. Mm -hmm. And as with Byzantio, you know, the events, if you use them, eh, I don't like them. But in terms of kind of the non-traditional area control, I much prefer this to Byzantio. I don't know why, because they're mechanically very similar, you know, limited choices. Generally, everything you do is to your benefit, you know, you're growing your empire more than you're trying to destroy your neighbor's empire. But there's something here, possibly thematically, that pushes this ahead uh, in my mind.
0: All right. So there you go. Eternal Dynasty is on Kickstarter right now, going through, I think, February 16th, 15th or 16th. But it's on Kickstarter as we speak. And, of course, I did get an image from him today. So we're going to put that up on the website. And uh the link for the Kickstarter will also be in the show notes. So check it out. What we're watching.
2: What you got? What I got is What you got? Just a list of awesome. <laughs> Sarah and I went to see uh Saving Mr. Banks over the weekend, and that was a yeah. ridiculously good movie. Thanks,
0: Jackass. <laughs> What? Because Megan pulled up. She's like chuckling and smiling. I'm like, what? What? She goes, Jordan's Post. I'm like, what? Saving Mr. Banks was an awesome movie. I'm like, I don't care. It doesn't mean I'm <laughs> going to go see it. I'll
2: go with you, Megan. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Justifies back. So, uh, Woo! really enjoy. That was an excellent first step. That makes all of last season seem like crap. Well, cause it
0: was, but. There are a lot of good people in this episode too. <laughs>
2: almost human. Watched the premiere of Helix and I regretted that almost instantly. <laughs> I mean, it can only get better. I, that was just a- re- Welcome to everybody's argument for Shield. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I-
0: Whatever fanboy.
2: I I just can't believe that so many stupid people would work at a research outpost in the Arctic and live. you know, there, I feel certain that if that happened in reality, there'd be a door left open overnight and, you know, a Yeti would get in and eat everybody or something. The concept was really excellent. And I mean, I'll give Ron more a chance on anything, but this was a really horrible premiere, but it's on the DPR. So I'll, well, I'll give it a couple more apps, but yeah, that's, that's really it. Uh, he literally just kicked me in the balls but almost yeah. human and justified awesome mm-hmm. that's it that's it all right well um we
0: finally did watch the most recent marvel agents of shield the one that everybody said this is it this is this is the turning point this well, is I mean, what we've all been waiting for
2: technically i watched it yeah. yeah
0: i gotta say people if this is what you've been waiting for man you gotta get out more you gotta watch more shows what was the app it was, oh, yeah. it was finding Coulson. out Coulson, yeah. finding out about Coulson. You know, it was, an, I mean, it was okay. But again, I, it's not, there's so many, so many better shows. I, I, I'm telling you right now, there's a good chance once this season's done, Megan and I are, are done. I mean, I have never seen somebody so, I, I thought I had to call a hotline because shield was on our DVR. She's like. Marvel Agents of Shield recorded. Like, should I, should I, should I stay home from work today? <laughs> Are you going to be all right? <laughs> and yes, I know. I've, I have multiple conversations with multiple people about that, that watch shield. More power to you. And I, obviously I still am for now as well, but I, I swear if something major doesn't happen, if they, if somebody doesn't come to my house and reenact it in person for me, Actually, that would be bad because <laughs> kick them in the nuts right in front of me.
2: It's just not. There's again. just nobody there. That there's nobody engaging. I can't remember any of their names because they don't stick with me. And uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, Ming Na just plays the same attitude in every role she's ever had. Uh, she had this. She was the same person on Stargates, the two series that she was on, that she is here at. You know. Get some range. You know, I don't know. Do you have range? I I don't care because I'm just not emotionally invested in this show. Almost Human and Justified. Watch those two. So, yeah, I totally
0: agree. Those were awesome. We did some power watching. Ready? Go. First two series of Luther. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. We're all pissed off that the third one isn't on netflix so we gotta search that one out first two series proxy uk ip
2: <laughs>
0: uh first two uh i think it's the first two series of sherlock mm-hmm. it was on uh well, I only two well. on
2: netflix right now yeah. yeah yeah so
0: we watch those very good we still watch elementary though too and we like them for different reasons but we like both of them for all the people too like you Oh, i don't have to watch elementary i've seen sherlock Different shows. Well, good I said, for their that, own reasons. but you'll remember, I also said, said you I don't might... like Lucy. Yeah,
2: do. yeah. So it's just not all snobbery. <laughs> no,
0: it's, it's all snobbery, my friend. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody in this room. Uh,
2: and then we power Let me watched. we just turned my nose up to your uh, elementary. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then we power watched American Horror Story all the way through the first two uh, seasons and then uh, caught up on the third. So awesome power watching. We had a lot of fun with all of that. Those were all great shows.
2: Sarah really likes that American Horror. Oh, it's it's I did it's great. For me. I oh, tried. To, I watched I love like the first four or five episodes of the first season. The
0: the the what was it? The the second season was a little goofy because when they started doing not only the uh, sanitarium but then aliens and stuff, they they tried to do too much. There there's a whole section that could just get ripped out and thrown away. And the rest of it would have just been a really, really tight series, uh but it was still good, it was still enjoyable and 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 kind of like I said, weaving in and out of that <laughs> it it was enjoyable let's see we um, I don't think I said this last time. you have to remind me if I did Anchorman two you went and saw that okay, yeah we went and saw anchorman two, not as good as the first one, but it was still pretty entertaining if you liked the Anchorman. we've uh watched Kickass ass Two the other night I'm sorry i we liked it it was fine, and of course. On. Shirk, bit, bit off my dick. <laughs> oh, that was awesome, uh, and of course, on the editing block right now is the next two bald geeks. So I watched Hellraiser to get ready for that, and that's all I have. What we're reading slash listening to, Jordan, I am completely caught up with Fanboys versus Zombies. It has ended. You got out at the right time. <laughs> that last ep- that last issue pissed me off worst worst way to end that series ever so mad so dumb so want my money back and i enjoyed it right up to that for that last issue they're just like well we're out of ideas <sighs> we're going away jackasses every one of you ah, so ah, uh pathfinder finished the uh most recent which is uh issue 12 which wraps up this series i guess because it said uh join us again you in uh, spring
2: uh, i guess they'll come out with their uh pirates version, yeah you know? well
0: uh, the, yeah they were you know getting on a boat they were leaving yeah. sandpoint uh, there you go so.
2: yeah because oh well. <laughs> so yeah Pat but
0: still you know it was enjoyable I have been, I just started, I think I just finished the first arc. So I think it's the first five issues of Invincible. Hmm. So I'm enjoying that. I I got, I went ahead and purchased the first two arcs. Is
2: dad dead yet?
0: No. <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Which time? <laughs> but no, So so far I'm enjoying that. I mean, it's still him like, you know. Learning about his powers and stuff is pretty mm-hmm. cool. I finished the first arc. I've got the second arc to start probably tonight. I haven't been reading Preacher as much because I started grabbing some of the, some of my stuff went down. First three issues of Sex Criminals. Read that. That's pretty good. It's
2: good time, uh, time manipulation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, you know, four just came out. So it'll be a while before I get that one because it's full price. Uh, there was a sale. So I got the first five issues of Superior Spider-Man. I actually really liked that. Unfortunately, I don't think I'll ever get to read the rest of it because it's all like four bucks a pop for a digital that never goes down.
2: That's Marvel pricing. Yeah.
0: So I, I got, you know, I got, like I said, the first arc in uh, the 90, they had a 99 cent sale on the first arc. So I'd heard a lot of good things. Checked it out. I do really like it. I'll just never get to read it. Probably. <laughs> and of course, what is it? Chapter 41 of We're Alive? Yep. Just happened? Yep. That was really good. Did you listen to it? Datu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, Datu cries.
2: <laughs> you know, here's here's what I wanted to ask you. Even better, Datu swears. Yeah. Datu nuts up for an app.
0: <laughs> well, see, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Do you ever think the guy playing Datu just kind of sits there and reads through the script and goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I got an idea. Starts just scribbling across the script. Smith. So, it, scribbling. Throws it on the desk and walks out and it just says, Testicles drop. <laughs> <laughs> How about you give me a moment? Just one. <laughs> Just let me be a man for <laughs> <laughs> half a second.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I read the rest of the script. Okay. I know what happens. I'm done. done. <laughs> Blaze of glory. Maybe. Come on.
0: <laughs> but still enjoyable. <laughs> it is. But it's what you expect from Dot to
2: it. Yeah. It? Yeah.
0: All right. That's, uh, that's what I had.
2: What you got? Alrighty, I finished listening to Monster by A. Lee Martinez, which was very good. I would say it is along the same vein as uh, John dies at the end, only superior because I didn't need to take acid, <laughs> and it's far less stream of consciousness on acid. There is a bit of structure, but it's the same thing. It's It's the supernatural is in the world. And the people that know about it, it's just matter of fact, it's the dude's a monster hunter. That's what he does. It's didn't even want to grow up to be a monster hunter. It's, it's just what pays the bills. The, the female is, you know, the, she kind of recognizes that there's supernatural in the world. It's, uh, it's funny without trying to be funny, but it's still fairly dramatic without being melodramatic. It's, uh, it's well-paced, well-written, and, uh, it was very enjoyable in, in all the same ways that, uh. John dies at the end was not. Yeah. <laughs> Currently I'm listening to The Hard Way. The next Jack Reacher book. They continue to be good. Like I said, when I first started listening to these, I didn't think I was going to be able to stick around for sixteen or eighteen, whatever they they're at right now. But I think this is number eleven or twelve, and they remain, for the most part, very enjoyable. There were a couple there around six or seven that were seemed like he was trying to expand the character and didn't really work. Work it out what he wanted to do. But, uh, yeah, the hard way, uh, really enjoyable. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, I mean, it's the same formula, but he keeps the formula without being formulaic. It's still very enjoyable. I read, uh, Memory by Lois McMaster Bougeot. Uh, this is a Vorkosian book. It was actually very good. It, it kind of wrapped up the first part of his career. Events in the last book, uh, forced him to leave the military. And now he has become uh, an imperial auditor, which is kind of, you know, hand of the king kind of thing. He just he goes and he speaks with the voice of the emperor. And when he speaks, people tremble. And he's uh, had to uh, solve a solve a crime as uh, as his first job as an imperial auditor. And I'm now on to Komar, the next Vorkozygen book. Again, he's he's continuing. He's out of the military now. Permanently, the, the auditing wasn't, was not just a one-shot thing. He is now permanently an Imperial auditor. I think I've only got two or three books left, according to Wikipedia. I think, uh, only two or three core books left. So when I run out of that, I think, uh, it'll be somewhat disappointing because these have been consistently good, fast and enjoyable reads. Uh, On the comic side, I did read the first eight issues of Bedlam. Very enjoyable. Um, yes. I'm not keen on the art, but the art is very much uh in tune with the It, it works
0: for the comic. Yeah. yeah. I think that's I read the latest issue of that too. I think I caught up. That came out too. I just forgot about it. But yeah, loving that.
2: Yeah, that was uh really good read. The first arc where he's uh dealing with the first serial killer and and the priest. That was that was really good uh, and his history. <laughs> uh version therapy at its best. <laughs> and then I read uh I think I'm up to date on Suicide Squad now because they last couple issues I read had a tie in to uh Forever Evil. But the last two arcs just been weak. Especially they they've added The Unknown Soldier, but of course they're tying it into Forever Evil a little bit more than some of their other titles. So of course there there's been a derailment here. Mm-hmm. So but, yeah, I'm going to continue with it. Uh, might not read if the next issue or two continue to be forever it will crossovers. I might skip those, but they added the unknown soldier and I've, I've not liked the modern take on the unknown soldier. Uh, so having him come in and the writings is just getting Abrams-esque in, in that they, um, uh, there's always some kind of divisive moment with Waller and somebody in the squad then. And it's always the, well, you can't do that, Waller, because blah, 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 blah. Well, let me tell you why I'm going to do it. It's going to be because uh, cut, because uh, there's no action somewhere else, kind of a thing, you know. So there's like in every up, there's almost a secret dropped, kind of a thing, and that, that's getting very annoying every up, every issue. So that combined with the 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 recent Forever Evil crossover stuff, that's kind of weak right now. I read, I gathered all the issues for the Battle of the Atom, which was this past uh f- winter's. Rehash of well, it, it's it's Days of Future Past redone. I mean, and really, Claremont did it better in two issues, and this was it took six issues to do essentially the same thing. It was just bullshit. Was- <laughs> you know, it, last year the original X Men were brought forward in time. Henry brought them forward in time, and uh, Battle of the Atom. X Men from the future come, and they refuse to go back because they know Xavier will wipe them because you know, they can't, they can't have future knowledge. Battle of the Atom, future X-Men come back and say, no, you gotta go back, because, you know, look at us, we're horrible now, and this is because you didn't go back, and blah, 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 blah. And then more future X-Men show up, and it was, no, I was just, it's typical exploded storytelling for no reason, just six issues, which really could have been three, you know. At four, it still might have been tight, you know, but three would have been better, and just not doing it would have been best. Then I've been reading a uh, bunch of the Red Lanterns because they're kind of cool. I-, I like them. They're the Rage Lanterns. Surprise. Mm. I don't know. I think I'm like. Near and dear to my <laughs> black heart. <laughs> I think I'm up to like issue seven or eight. They just introduced a human Red Lantern and Atrocitus is back on his home planet in the Sector 666 having a crisis of faith, kind of, cause uh, his powers are getting weak and other people's are getting stronger. So he doesn't know what to do. And then I picked up the first two issues of Black Science, which is Rick Remender. And usually Rick Remender is pretty solid. And I'm not going to say this is not solid, but I'm probably going to wait for the trades on this one. It's very much sliders. Now I really like sliders, but it's, it's the first app is two members of this team that have as it starts means undetermined travel to this planet that is uh, ruled by frogs. There's two, two, two distinct races, one blue, one green giant frogs. And for whatever reason they're trying to get water. You don't know why they're trying to get water, but they're trying to get water for some reason. And they're trying to get away from these frogs. These frogs are very militant. And they're trying to kill them. But the uh, there's this the the slave race of frogs too. And he helps one of the slave girl frogs and so the slave frogs help them. Blah 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 kind of thing. It's discovered that he needs the water as a coolant for the sliders. Machine. <laughs> uh but rather than just going from alternate earth to alternate earth, they're traveling just through alternate dimensions anywhere their plan had been to build this thing so that they could go across dimensions to find whatever resources they need to uh of course rape and pillage foreign planets because you know we'd like to keep ours (laughs) it's uh and then the second issue uh continued that you know they jump at the end of the first issue they get away from the frogs second issue they're, they show that it's, the machine's been sabotaged. Somebody who knows what the machine does. So somebody, one of the main humans that traveled accidentally. Well, that's the thing. They traveled accidentally. They were doing a test and then they're all gone. Somebody deliberately damaged the machine. So they're having, uh, they're not just, so just like sliders, they're not going to be able to get home. Mm-hmm. But now they're in a world where it's, it appears to be World War one because it's tr- There's trenches, there's German soldiers, soldiers, there's a couple airships. German soldier jumps in the trench is going to try to kill them all blah 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 all the usual stuff but turns out that they're not fighting France and England the First Nations from North America have come over and there's this like big Aztec flying ship North and South America there's this big Aztec flying ship and it's just the World War One is literally a world war and it's and it's it's the Indian nations and they're waging war on Europe and that's how that ends uh it's it's interesting, but it just didn't grab me enough to go monthly. But I think when it gets to the trades I will pick up a trade. At least the first one. Basic, not the super hardcover or anything like that. <laughs> uh and that's uh yeah, that's what I got on there, reading and listening.
0: What we're playing. All right, Uh Small World Two on my tablet. I've been playing that and I uh taught Megan Small World on my tablet the other day, so she really liked it. So It was nice to be able to do it that way in the pass and play and not have all the fiddly bits out because we played a six-player Small World <laughs> over at Michael's this last week, and uh, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it and, and everything, but yeah, after watching it all come out and all yeah, go a away. That's the game I want
2: to own because the owner always ends up getting shafted yeah. on those. <laughs> See, I, I, I
0: own it, but I'm just like, Megan, let me teach you this game on, on this little tablet right here. <laughs> we don't have to pull anything out. <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. And then, of course, we mentioned before the, uh, the game crafter micro contest is over. We've announced the winners. Uh, first or third was chosen. So, uh, Megan and I and, uh, Holly came over and played a couple of them with us and gave us her feedback on a couple of them. So, uh, let's see. I played, uh, dig down and most of these. Played multiple times, uh, Dig Down Dwarf, Royals, Overlords, Monster City Planners, Railroads, Of Dungeons Deep, and Thorn and Rose. And all those can be checked out over at the Game Crafter. Some of these will be part of that Kickstarter we were talking about. So that's what I could think of. I haven't really been on the console. Uh, Megan's been on the console, but I've been editing so much recently and then doing the contest stuff that I haven't touched the console. <laughs> so...
2: What do you got? Got in some good clicks. <laughs> good day. I, uh, I, I really pissed off this one. That- then, Then it must have been a good it day. Was for a good you. day. <laughs> it was a good day. It was a good day because I had a character with telekinesis and, uh, we were doing the, 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 the build was, um, two figures only. And one of my figures had telekinesis and neither of his figures had anything that would allow him to activate two turns in a row without taking damage. So I would go somewhere. Let him waste a turn moving, <laughs> so that he ended up with two tokens, and then I would just telekinesis my dude away <laughs> so i I lost, but it was just such such an awesome way to lose that it feels it I felt so good afterwards it felt like I won <laughs> nice. but I think if this dude swore uh he would uh he would have been pitching a fit, <laughs> yeah, you know who. <laughs> I lost a game that I retroactively won because uh, the dude cheated. Not deliberately. He just didn't read his card. So uh, what actually would have been a loss for me probably would have turned into a win if he hadn't killed my figures illegally. Then I got in two really horrible games of Netrunner. It was the worst shuffling I've ever done. In In both cases, I shuffled my economy right to the bottom of my deck. And I just sat there trying to defend as the corp with about... Four credits a turn, and trying to trying to run with. And I wasn't doing the criminal. I was I was doing. Who was I playing? I forget. But it was not a criminal where I could do a lot of stuff for cheap. It was like I needed I needed boosting because it was built around Krypsis, and it it yeah. it, it it I can run Krypsis when I have my economy. But at the end of that game, I looked, and all my economy were in the last 10, 15 cards of the deck. Oh, no, I can't run Crypsis with three credits a turn. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got in some good... You know, you
0: know that game has a mulligan roll, right?
2: Yeah, but it, it didn't look that <laughs> bad to start. In both cases, it was like, okay, some inexpensive ice, and okay, I got Krypsis, and my imps, and my first... Okay, so I, I can get stuff out, and it, this is not bad. So <laughs> I will say this looks like good distribution. <laughs> Despite all that, I almost decked him. Cause, you know, that's, oh, that's who I was playing. Yeah, I was playing noise. And so, uh, so virus decking and I almost had him decked, but yeah, that was a, that was a nail biter. That came down to, you know, it was like seven, six kind of thing. I was either going to get the, get the last uh, agenda I needed or deck him, but, uh, he got the last one before me. Uh,
0: I'd like to have seen that game cause. We've never come close to decking each other when we Oh, play. it
2: was, it was excellent. It was, uh, I would say 15 cards or less he had left in his, in his, uh, R and D by the time he, he got his last agenda out. I mean, I never run on, on the archives, mm-hmm. but apparently he had two agendas in there, but he threw up ice in front of the archives. So I was like, okay, so there's probably an agenda in there, <laughs> but I'm not going to waste my time and money on, on a run on archives. It just in case it's uh, a decoy. You know, or a trap. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pop something that's going to... He wasn't running, you know, like, Jinteki, you know, shell game or anything like right. that. But I'm not going to waste a run on archives if I actually have to do something. But if I had, I would have run. But anyways, I got into a couple good games of Attack Wing and X-Wing. Taught a couple people Attack Wing. Um, They might be getting into it. We had a Pathfinder session. And that was fun. Broke the game. <laughs> broke the game. <laughs> we were... <laughs> at what was supposed to be the boss fight for the session. And, uh, we were well outclassed. It was going to be kind of kill the pets and then probably one or two of the players kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. We were, it was going to be a very tough encounter. And then I was looking at my equipment, like, well, anything, have I got anything? And then I had, uh, Five vials of this stuff from like the very first encounter. The, uh, you know, in the comics, the, the, the liquid the dude's making, the potions the dude's trying oh, to yeah. make. Well, I had five vials of that. So I, I asked Mike, so what does this stuff actually do? And he's like, oh, cause it's like back on page one and we're like halfway through now. So he's <laughs> like, he's trying to find it. So I look it up on the, on the Pathfinder DB and it's like, oh. The good thing if she, if she makes the save is she's just going to be sick for up to four turns. The bad thing if she doesn't make the save is she's going to take a, uh, a hit to her decks and a hit to her, you know, so it was like, okay, so rolls, she fails her first save. So she's like puking. She's losing an action because she's sick and she just lost some spells because it was a lamia because she just took an intelligence hit. That was one of them, an intelligence hit, like a six point hit to her intelligence. And so I was like, he was not the, I don't think even the writers were prepared for this I don't think <laughs> I don't think you were supposed to hold on to these five vials for like six levels, <laughs> but there they were <laughs> all right, we'll use them so yeah, he was not prepared for that i don't I don't think Paizo was was prepared for that eventuality but it it did make the the uh the encounter go a little bit differently than I think they had envisioned <laughs> and then over the weekend here we got in a game Sarah and I got in a game of a couple games of lost cities the board game board guardian. Game.
0: I saw that, I, I saw that where you talked about picking up lost cities and I was thinking of the card game and then I saw your pictures. I was like, Oh, cause I haven't played the board game
2: version yet. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I played it. Um, Stan brought it the last game day that I attended and it immediately went on my Amazon list cause that was November and I'm not allowed to buy myself anything between October and December. <laughs> uh, so that went on there and, uh, I think my in-laws got it for me. Yeah, it's a really enjoyable game. It goes up to four players. Same basic concept as, mm-hmm. as the two player game, but now you have a board.
0: I thought of two things on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One is I'm still looking for somebody in the second chair. <laughs> Since I haven't mentioned it in quite a while, Temple Run 2. Uh, still playing that off on the, but you know what they've added? Cause I know you have stopped playing it quite a bit. There's now a water slide no, <laughs> in much. the whole thing. So I just thought I'd bet you that, which is interesting because the very first time you play it with, you know, how they usually do like the, uh, your very first play of Temple tutorial. Run is the tutorial thing. Yeah. So the very first water slide you do is kind of a tutorial, but it goes on forever. It got to the point where I was like, did they turn the entire game into a water slide? Because <laughs> <laughs> it went so long. Even after they stopped talking to you, I'm like, does this end? Is Did they just get rid of the rest of the game? Is this really supposed to be Temple Run 3? Uh, Devil <laughs> Run 3, slip and slide. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so that, that's one of the new things I've added to that. And then I've been playing a lot of Dungeon Ascendance on my phone, too. Hmm. So I've been playing that quite a bit Uh again. So it kind of comes and goes in waves. But, yeah. I've, Actually, I've been grinding on Chip Chain a lot now, too. I, yeah. I haven't played Chip Chain in forever. But, yeah, Dungeon Ascendance just suddenly was like, hmm. uh, you know, because that's one I got on my phone and my tablet, one of them I keep both. And it was just like.
2: With my with my gastrointestinal problems around Christmas, <laughs> i I nice. had a lot of time for for that kind of stuff.
0: Uh, you know, and one other thing I'll mention before we go here, no, since I forgot exactly about it in the general, is uh, kind of the North is coming up soon. So in February, uh, mid February, I'll be at that. I don't know if you've ever made a decision on maybe going one day or something. Uh
2: it's, no, it's like 15th. 14th, 15th, and 16th. Yeah, no, I'm gonna be in Rochester. Yeah, I
0: well, you know. Just get on. No, nah. <laughs> 52
2: there. And- no, cause the next weekend I'm going to Illinois. So I'd, I'd like to be around for, I'd like to be around for one weekend in February.
0: Well, I'll be at Con of the North in February and,
2: uh. Stay healthy, my friend. I will try.
0: <laughs> of course, uh, you know, Lance will be there and I think Carl and Cyrus are coming up for Saturday. And so I'll be in the, uh, walking and play area again all weekend teaching games. So if you happen to be in, I think it's, is it Plymouth now? Mm-hmm. They're moved. They moved it. So Plymouth uh Minnesota kind of the north is kind of our big Minnesota convention uh gaming convention
2: even though it's in the middle not the north it's kind
0: of central yeah so uh come check it out all right so that will bring us to the end of episode 36 40 hey you I really do i'm jeff king and i'm the canadian thanks for listening
1: to bomb jeff and jordan from coast to coast best of the best the number one host so put up your cups and toast because here the end we approach but come back for more raps more fun more laughs more this more that up and down the mat because we geeked up and thanks for showing love we give up viewers thanks with knowledge in the bank because y'all are top rank and never should be spanked so fun it's been real till next time stay chill stay trill do what you like and like how you feel because y'all are the real deal holy feel oh yeah oh, take that out
2: take that out <laughs>